with you, 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 always with you. Welcome to With You, a podcast meant to share the stories of women across the rugby community, to highlight our connections and our growth, and to delight in a good belly laugh whenever we can. I'm Suze, my pronouns are she, her, and I'll be your host. Hello, friends and family, rugby players from across the listening podcast space. Thank you for coming back for another episode. This one's cool. They're all cool. What am I talking about? But yeah, I catch up with Chef. She was kind of one of my rookies back in Baltimore before I came out here to Colorado. Gave her her nickname. It's a pretty good story. She then earned her pronoun boss by not only becoming the president of the team for quite a few years running, but being a forwards captain and the tight head running the scrum. It's a cool convo. My favorite part is when we talk about how Chesapeake partnered with an IGR team, the Baltimore Flamingos, and how we talk about inclusion and access. And basically, rugby is for everybody. Rugby is for all. And that brings me around just to bring to your attention. I think most all of us know by now, but England Rugby has a proposed trans woman height and weight restriction it's just a proposal right now and they're looking for feedback until April 16th so now's the time to speak up I linked their website in the show notes so you can go right over and give feedback but basically they are proposing to ban trans women from playing rug in rugby leagues if they're over five foot seven or heavier than 198 pounds. So y'all know, I wouldn't be allowed to play, if, but it's only for trans women, which is particularly discriminatory and not okay. I think it's fair to say we all know rugby is a safe space and an inclusive space, and it's just not okay to exclude trans women because trans women are women, and that's it. That's all there is to it. So yeah. Check out the link in the show notes. Go over there. Let's be advocates. Make some good trouble, like John Lewis told us to. And from there, on a higher note, I definitely want to put together a special bit of episodes of bonuses for Pride Month. So I'm going to be dogging y'all to give me some fun Pride stories. Here it comes. Other than that, thanks for being here. I really hope you enjoy this episode. Holler at me. Give me some feedback. I love you all. Bye. Chef! Suze. (laughs) What up? Hey, how are you now? I'm great. How are you? Oh, not so bad. Welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Yay. Um, What are your pronouns? Oh, uh, she, her, and boss. Boss. That's the best one. (laughs) From now on, we'll refer to you as boss. 
Okay, boss, how did you find how did you find rugby? Oh yeah. Um so I was at the uh Baltimore Pride Festival. Woo woo. Uh, yeah, with my then girlfriend and I had voiced to her before that I said, you know, I think I'd really like to to join a a, a team, like a softball team or kickball or something like that because I was just like missing that camaraderie Mm -hmm. and so then we were walking past the Chesapeake women's rugby booth there at Pride Uh and High Five is her name she played for Chesapeake at the time and she came out from around that table so fast chased me right down and (laughs) she was like you have to play rugby and I was like what what is rugby? And she's like, you'll love it. And I was like, okay. So I walked over to the table and I signed up mm-hmm. and you know, at when, uh, when we do pride, uh, here in Baltimore, it's, uh, during June. Yeah. So, you know, 15s and stuff isn't really happening. So when I signed up, I was excited. I, I was excited. I looked up, you know, rugby and, I was like, oh, shit, this is badass. Okay, okay. And uh, then I emailed her, and I was like, you know, what? when can we do this? Like, I'm ready. And and she's like, well, 15s isn't happening right now, but we, we're going to a couple sevens tournaments this this summer. You should, you should do this. And she sent me all the information. Yeah. And so I went to my first practice at um, Leon Day, if you recall that. And wow, yeah. <laughs> with Joanne. Yeah, and, that was uh, the summer that um Scion. Scion and Chesapeake like partnered to have Yeah. And we would do one practice in Baltimore and one practice in like it was Laurel or Greenbelt, Wheaton. right? Wheaton. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I did not go down there. I was like, no, I'm not <laughs> so wait, but... like, nah, I don't leave the city. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, just for a frame of reference, Leon Day is, I mean, Baltimore is a rough city, but Leon Day Park is in an extremely rough part of the city. So when I... I was on the west side, initi- right? Yeah. Yeah. So when I initially went to practice, I was like, okay, you know, it's just <laughs> like, this is, this is where we're at. All right. And, um, and it all worked out. I, uh, I you know, started with Scion and, uh, Joanne just threw me right in there. Yeah, I think Joanne and... actually kind of like helped us out because we, Chesapeake was in a big transition then. Um, a lot of the old girls had retired like the year before and with them, the coach went and I okay. think, yeah, I, I, if I remember correctly, someone might have to tell me different, but that was like right before we even had a proper coach, Rusty, Rusty Cross hadn't mm-hmm. become our coach yet. Yeah, when I joined Chesapeake, you y'all did not have a coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think was it Jess Hammond that left with those that that group of girls was that yeah. the last coach? Okay. Yeah, I think so. It, HR could tell us. <laughs> yes. Oh, she says hi. By the way, I'm, uh, I'm sure after this podcast, we I'm gonna have get to get her on cor- correcting. Yeah, correcting our history because good. I'm sure. Some of them will listen to it. So we'll get the, the full the full story, I'm sure. That's good. So um, 
information correcting us to follow. I'm very open to being corrected. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like sevens is a whole different ball game. When you were when you like looked up rugby to see what was going on, you were you were watching fifteens games, right? No, I was I was looking at sevens because that mm-hmm. was what I you know walked into okay and as time went on you and maria and hr and high five that you all were like you, you wait till 15 wait till the fall you're gonna love it yeah and i was like 15 uh-huh. and and yet you guys were like yeah it's 15 verse 15 i'm like there's fucking 30 people on the field at one time <laughs> and um and then I looked up 15s, and then I was like, oh, yeah, this is what I want to do. Because, you know, 15s is much slower, easier to learn, uh, just starting out. So, But to answer your question, I think it's safe to say that rugby found me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it found and, you. Uh, High five found you. She did. Yeah, but she, you, you, were, she, you were asking for it, man. You, like... You put, oh, yeah. the, you like have expressed that energy out into the universe. So it was only proper that right. like you got recruited from the a pride table. Out. Yep. Yeah. The, the vibe was out. I'm, I'm like and curious. She, did she you pick right up on it? Yeah. yeah. Well, high five is not the kind of gal that has any reservations. <laughs> Gotta love her for it. Gotta love her for it. I yeah, do. absolutely. So did you, did you, had you played sports? Like, did you play sports growing up? Cause you were like, well into your adult life when you found rugby yeah I was only 32 I think it was 31 or 32 Mm -hmm. uh when I started so uh, yeah so like all growing up all through childhood I played um rec softball for the most part Mm -hmm. uh, and I was always involved in sports all the way up uh through college and then after college I kind of uh you know was took off on my own path and sports didn't really fall into to anything that I was doing Mm -hmm. and then um I missed it to be honest so I um like you said I spoke it out into the universe and here it came it came for you all its might yes yeah and but you had stayed active too because you you were a personal trainer when you first started on the team right yeah I was um powerlifting competitively and personal training at the time Rad. that I uh, joined up on rugby. Yes. Cool. Cool. What did you think? Like coming to sevens practice? I mean, obviously you were like, I'm not driving to Wheaton, but what about like, what about like <laughs> drills and like starting to learn the game? What was your first impression? Well, sevens moves really fast. So, um, you know, as like, you know, I, I would consider myself like athletically minded. So I was challenged, which was something that I was looking for. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, so like, at first, it was really hard because you have to stay behind the ball and you have to pass backwards. Yeah. So it goes against basically every American sport. Mm-hmm. And um so that was really hard to like get into my mind and I practiced that a lot and talked to a lot of people and like I said, like you were um 
you and HR were a big part of just reminding me. Yeah. <laughs> um, on the pitch, basically behind the ball, behind the ball, and Joanne would yell behind the ball, behind the ball, and that yeah. was something that took a minute for me to get. But once I got that down, I was really, I, I really started to enjoy myself. And then, as far as like practice and stuff, uh, I think it was like the second or third practice uh, for Scion. Um, there was the, you know, the, every shape and size comes in rugby, but there were these two girls, uh, one was named Alex and the other one, there were a couple, I can't remember, but they were really tiny uh-huh. ladies. Uh-huh. And uh, Joanne paired me up for tackling practice with one of them. And mm-hmm. I was like, what the, you know, what is this <laughs> going to do? Mm-hmm. And uh, it was Alex and Michael. And I think it was Michael that she paired me up with and she, who was really tiny, like a wing. Uh-huh. And she laid me out. Oh my God. <laughs> she, she just put me on my ass and, um, and I, and then, then Joanne proceeded to explain, you know, tackling techniques, basic, you know, this is how you do it. You can tackle anyone if you do it this way. Yeah. And, if you do it the right way. Um, and it was awesome. And I was hooked because after that, I think we went into like a little scrimmage play mm-hmm. and there was another tiny girl who just like tackled me and basically cartwheeled me. Wow. Like, yeah. And like, <laughs> it was like seeing stars, but that was, then that's when I was like, I had basically taken my first hit and I was like, I'm in. Yeah. I want to learn everything I can learn cool. about this sport. Cool. Yeah, it's really, uh, rugby can definitely be very humbling, you know, like, yeah. whatever you think you know about it, you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and it's, it makes us all capable. Like, it gives us all the tools to be capable. It's really cool. It's really cool. Um, definitely. So, like, that first that first sevens game you played, you actually played center, right? I did, yeah. <laughs> Joanne put me in at center because, like, I was pretty speedy. Um, I had, I had, um, my fitness level was like really um, high at the time because I was powerlifting. So I had like immense strength Mm -hmm. and I had a really good um, powerlifting coach and powerlifting, you know, you focus in on yourself. It's an isolating sport. Mm -hmm. So I was very in tune with my body and um just like the definition of being powerful is using strength with movement uh-huh. so it all just kind of clicked into place for me after about a season of how I could use my strengths um in this position because I didn't play 15s yet so right. um yeah so she put me in at center and um, the first time I uh, ran and got the ball and I literally just took the ball and like threw it straight up in the air <laughs> <laughs> like behind me because I like didn't know what to do. I panicked. Yeah. <laughs> Hot potato. Um, right. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, it's all right. You gave, a, but, you gave everybody good coaching moments, right? 
Right, because after that, Joanne pulled me aside and she said, if you don't know what to do with the ball, then just go into contact and crash. Mm -hmm. And I think even without really knowing it, that was the beginning of my forwards career. (laughs) Yeah, I would say so. (laughs) You're like, oh, that's so simple. I can do that. Yeah, and I got really good at it. So, So, yeah, that was. There was, um, you know, I just took, I just absorbed everything that anybody, any advice that anybody gave me. HR was a really um, influential, great player, phenomenal player. Mm-hmm. HR, so smart. Yeah, so smart. Um, and, and versatile. And, yes. And, you know, happens to be the love of my life. Oh, so. my God. It was a love story <laughs> in this. Oh. Yeah. So, uh, and then you played a big part too in that initial um uh seven season you are very vocal on the field and um you are a smart player as well also very versatile and um so I just watched I watched you I watched HR and um I just took everything in watched all kinds of videos and um listened to Joanne and she was a good, she and was I, a really, so, she is a really good coach too. Like she's very good at teaching is. people, really good with her words. And she's very competitive, which I like as well. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. 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 That science yeah, team was, a, was like pretty stacked. I remember going and we would do two sides and, and then there would just be like these super fit, really skilled athletes that would show up and just like wreck everybody at our tournaments. I'd be like, damn. Yeah. I'm proud to be wearing this jersey on the B side, like so much so. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. It was um it was it was cool. It was a it was a it was a really good start for me personally. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, a lot of people would you know, they don't like sevens, especially forwards, but yeah. It really gave me that insight to the the sheer physicality of the game when it comes to endurance. Mm-hmm. And I think that really um, set the foundation for me as a forward to be able to play a whole game. Uh, yeah. You know, make, it makes a big difference because not, a, not very many people can do that right. when it comes to 15. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So it was, um, it was, a humbling experience like you said but it was also very exciting yeah and and kept me kept me uh coming back for more yeah as they say yeah and that 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 (laughs) fall that 15 season we like after this first seven season when you came out was just like a whole nother beast right oh my god yeah Mm -hmm. it was um it was like learning the sport all over again Mm -hmm. And I can't remember if Rusty, I can't remember when Rusty came. I think he came like that fall um, because the backstory on Rusty Cross is he actually coached the men's team when Maria and I were in college. And Maria and I, like at UMBC, our college women's team, we had issues having coaches and stuff. And like, I'm, we gonna we might be corrected again, but I'm pretty sure I can attribute us getting Rusty as a coach to Maria, uh, because we had like kept okay. in touch and and 
he was looking for a new coaching, a new coaching job. Um, but like from, from Joanne to Rusty is like way different in coaches. I mean, suddenly you have this, this little Irishman just like, no, 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 no. And you're like, whoa, I need to absorb this a little bit. But I thought it was, it's cool once you get to know him. He used to call me, he calls me Sue too. It was like only person in the world who calls me Sue. Um, um, but I thought like, what was cool with him is once you caught his pace, like once you started to know how he was delivering information, there was just like so much there to get out of him. Yeah. Yeah. Rusty and I have, um, become uh, very good friends and, um, I have learned so much and attribute my entire rugby career to him, um, as far as his way of coaching, his mentality towards the game and his vast knowledge of the game, um, really brought Chesapeake into this very versatile, um, exciting place to play for the beginners to Mm -hmm. competitive athletes. He can run the gamut and teach anybody anything, even if they think they know the game, he can teach them something new. Yeah, absolutely. um, And then for beginners, um, he's the perfect uh, person to break it down simply and teach you what you need to know to be successful out on the pitch. And there's no greater, um, you know, I can't even – the word yeah that's the reward Mm. for a coach than to see you know you teach someone these skills and then to see them play out on the pitch is it just has to be you know he's done it for so many people and yeah if he's had his way he would still be doing it but um you know he's slowing down just like the rest of us and uh yeah we all age it's a thing and yeah, yeah, and you got to take a break. So, mm-hmm. but you know, yeah, but all definitely. Break, I mean, so. there was a when he yeah. was the coach in the men's team. They had three sides, like they were oh, A wow. side, B side, C side deep, and they were really good. They they <clears throat> ranked well in the league, all the league matches. And when he helped, when he would help the women's team too, like wow. I mean, we would, you could immediately see the things that he taught us in play. Uh, mm-hmm. and it's like, I, I definitely resonate with that a lot. So, so passionate and so resourceful. Um, and I think mm-hmm. like, it's really, it's really cool that you and he have become such good friends because, uh, you get that kind of pleasure. <laughs> you get that satisfaction from teaching people and leading people as well. Right. Sure. Yeah, of course. Yes. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, Learned a lot um, just from watching, you know, experienced players like, um, you know, HR yourself, Mudge. Um, and then after about a season or two, I met Katie Cross, mm-hmm. which is Rusty's daughter. Yeah. And um, she has been involved in rugby her whole life. And um, she brought another dimension to the way that I thought about the game and um, just lifted me up 
in such a way to give me that purpose and say, like, you're doing things on the pitch with people who have tremendous amount of experience. You're doing things that they can do. And you're, you're a prop that's playing 80 minutes. And so she just brought a whole other, um, you know, dimension to the game for me and helped me see the game Mm -hmm. as far as when you're on the pitch, seeing space, Mm -hmm. making the plays, Mm -hmm. call, you know, um, communicating Mm -hmm. and um, helped me evolve very quickly as a player, the combination of, you know, starting out with, you know, these experienced players that I've mentioned before, then going under Rusty's instruction combined with Katie Cross, it, and then Mudge came aboard and then it was just like a really solid team for probably three or four seasons. Yeah. And it allowed you to Um, like grow. I mean, just having an experienced player, especially when you're relatively new, because we're just talking about like a couple years of you playing having someone who's been right. playing their whole life that's like you're doing a great job just like having that support behind you and also mm-hmm. being so open to give you to share knowledge with you um is it's huge right. right it's huge it is and and now these people are lifelong friends yeah it's this family you know, like their family it is yep and like you know we we were talking before this i feel like you know, you're one of those people you just pick right up where we left off, even though it's been five years. We've, yeah, yeah, totally. And a majority of rugby people, I feel that they're like that. Yeah. So yeah, it's just it's a great community. Yep. So it is. I mean, it, it's but, uh, it's not it's not like any anything else. I don't think in the whole world, it's like no, nothing touches yeah, rugby community. Not. Yeah, not at all. No. <laughs> and nothing, nothing at all. So like you, oh, hold on because this is my podcast. I wanna, I wanna just stroke my own ego. I nicknamed you, did I not? Oh shit! Yeah, you did. <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, yes. I, you're one of so, one of only few people that I've nicknamed, but I'm proud of you. Yours is perfect. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> it was on. So we took that yeah. um, impromptu camping trip up to Shenandoah, right? Yeah, I mean, talking about the rugby community, uh, we, you know, do a bunch of stuff together all the time. So, yeah, we, what was a group of, well, it was a handful of us, what would you say, like 10 people? Uh-huh. And um, we went, yeah, it was, um, it was like, was a, like fall. yeah, it was a weekend in October because I wanted to go see the Shenandoah colors because I love yeah. the, the leaf, the leaves, the leaves changing and you're a leafer i'm a leafer yeah i'm a what do they call them out here they call them leaf peepers which is like weird but you know it's a different world in colorado um but we it was one of the only weekends we had a buy uh that fall season because the fall season was just like game 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 every saturday um Mm -hmm. and i think it turned out perfectly we well we got we got lost on that hike which was like funny and dramatic but other than that like we we hit it at the right time and um yeah I think I just came out of the tent and you were cooking food on a fire you had like started a fire and you were cooking food on a fire and I well the story goes yeah tell me that we yeah so we got up there Mm -hmm. late 
and it had rained. So all of the wood and everything was wet. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was, I think the only one in the group that knew how to like start a fire out of, with wet wood. Yeah. And so then we were able to eat that night. And then the following morning I started a fire and was making breakfast for everyone. And you came out of the tent and you were like, you're the chef. Yeah. And then you stopped and looked at me and you were like, that's it. You're chef. <laughs> and I've been a chef ever since. <laughs> oh yeah. It's so perfect. I'm glad you remember that better than me because I didn't remember like the wood being wet and stuff, but it takes a certain yeah. kind of skill to start a fire with wet wood. I've totally botched it out here a few times. And I've been like, hmm, glad I got my van. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was something I got into in my twenties was like, you know, like the survivalist stuff. Yeah. Built those skills and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's sick. Yeah. I think paid off. She- yeah. Paid off and you got a sweet nickname out of it, but like chef just like, it was perfect. I think it's perfect for you. Mm. I'm just saying. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, every, everybody, I don't, there, I'm sure there are people out there that, you know, don't even know my name. And um, there's been a few other um, nicknames that have come up here and there. Sure. Um, that, you know, that are just funny things that happen, mm-hmm. at, you know, between teammates and stuff. Of course. And, alter egos and <laughs> stuff like that so um but this one definitely stuck and has rung true through everything and um people still they you know teammates when we're not doing rugby things will stop and be like should I call you Lauren <laughs> that sounds weird I don't want to do that <laughs> no chef forever chef forever yeah chef forever yeah I love so. it. That's so cool. Um, well, so after I like, left that team, I don't know, we'd known each other for about a year, and you really started to take some leadership roles. Uh, I, think it, I think it was then you got elected president, right? Yeah, Maria had stepped down, and um, someone needed to take on the president spot, and... I was like, okay, well, if, um, because I I wasn't sure if, I don't know if you ran or anyone ran against me. I I can't remember. But um, I was just like, you know, I had always kind of been in a leadership role. I've been in a lot of management positions Mm -hmm. in different jobs and ran, you know, different crews and, um, just like my life growing up, I had to persevere a lot and take the lead mm-hmm. in my own life. And so it just kind of came naturally, I would say. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, I stepped right into that position and that's when I had to work very closely with, with Rusty, uh-huh. um, as, as the president of the club and then learn all the ins and outs I leaned on the old girls a lot um to give me some guidance as to like kind of how things worked and uh Maria you know explained everything I mean there's so much it's so much when it comes to to running a club that 
she did the best that she could as far as explanation, but you really don't know until you know. Right. And that's what she said at the end. She's like, you just got to do it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so, um, but she was still very helpful and stayed in contact if any, if I ever needed yeah. anything, she was always there. So it's really a uh, intricate thing to have to handle. And especially if you had never had, well, you, I mean, you were just new to the rugby community. So yeah uh, like the whole dynamic mm-hmm. of like working with the city that's probably I think that's why we ended up over there like on the west side at Leon Day because our field is like on the east side um mm-hmm. Bocek and it was just because like this is what the city would give us for field space well the only yeah the reason we really don't practice at Bocek is because there's no light oh yeah and it's in a really it's also in a it's in like you an know, impoverished area. Yeah. It's part of town. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it doesn't, it does not have a parking lot, yeah. which was my main deterrent was there's no parking lot. So like if they, you know, you know, yeah. so it's just like, um, yeah. Finding that but, American Legion space was like game changer. Oh yes. Key. Even though it's not a full size yeah. field. Um, it just, it brought, uh, just a safe, secure feeling Mm -hmm. and you could practice at night Mm -hmm. and then they have, you know, a little bar space Mm -hmm. so we can go in and have chalk talks and, and just, um, be together after practice, have a couple beers, talk about what we did and then, you know, have our family dinners before games, stuff like that. And it just really brought that, uh, camaraderie back to, to everything and it was it's in Towson which is outside of the city but it's just one of them things you go where you got to go where you got to yeah you got to do what you got to do especially like women's rugby like we don't have we just typically don't have too many resources and especially at a women's club level it's Mm -hmm. yeah you got to make your own way however you can yeah and that Exactly. That space was donated mm-hmm. uh, to us by uh, a former player, which, um, you know, I'm still in contact with and very grateful to her. And then over the years, we've had um, some big donations from some old girls that have really made a difference um, in equipment that we use for practice. We were able to buy scrum sled. Nice. And- and uh yeah a couple of different practice pads tackling pads Good. stuff like that um and just to help us fine tune our game and it all really paid off uh you know before the pandemic we were really hitting our stride i feel like yeah. um even with a couple key players moving out of state and and stuff i i still felt like we were making it as a transition as chesapeake always does mm-hmm. um it's a very, it's Baltimore's a very uh, transient city. It's, it is. It's like There's pe- always people yeah, moving people, in and out. Yeah, it's like a big medical community here. So you have a lot of students and and people like that. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it, you have your, your, your influx of all these people who are interested and want to play. Then you'll have the next season, you can barely field 15. So there's like some frustration when it comes to organization and 
practice mm-hmm. like that because everybody's uh, working on a different schedule, but everybody seemed to show up on Saturdays mm-hmm. and that's what we were going for. There you so, go. <laughs> yeah. um, that's what you really need. That, you need uh, to be able to play your games. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And then after I, um, you know, Baltimore also has a men's team, um, which Baltimore Chesapeake, have, right? Uh, yeah. We used to have a working relationship with them. We were both looking to purchase field space and make a home stadium and stuff like that. And that all kind of fell through mm-hmm. over time. Um, Unfortunately, I tried to revive the relationship with the men's team multiple times, but it just never seemed to. um, That was something I've always looked to do, but I've just kind of. And that wasn't the right one. You know, there wasn't the right team to get yourself aligned with. But you found found another men's team. I I did. They kind of found found us in a oh, way. Oh, is this just like, is that um, your way? Things just find you, Chef? I get it. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so the Baltimore Flamingos. Yeah. Uh, they are an IGR team, which is International Gay Rugby League. Uh-huh. And um, they are phenomenal mm-hmm. group of people. Mm-hmm. And uh, they just really filled out the rugby community in in such a colorful way that I never really even could have imagined. Yeah. And um, Baltimore has a really large gay community, um, just LGBTQ uh-huh. plus in general. Uh-huh. And... Um, so the flamingos really put a spotlight on that. And then as far as like um, international gay rugby league, anyone can play in that league, mm-hmm. um, you know, male, female, queer, anything y- you can be, you can play in that league in, and, you know, I could have played on, on their men's team if I wanted to. Cool. So they're 100% inclusive. Yes. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. That's wonderful. um, That's how it should be. I mean, I think that's a, um, staple. Honestly, that's like a core value in the rugby community is inclusion and like acceptance and like support. Um, but it loses, I think it gets lost in sight here and there. Uh, and it's, I, I I spent some time on the IGR website the other day when you filled out the form because I hadn't I knew about the flamingos and we also have a gay an IGR team here in Colorado Colorado Rush and so I had known about them but I didn't know that there was this umbrella organization that was um, put together to make sure that these teams yeah. have support and like mm-hmm. that's a beautiful thing yes and the when the Flamingos first got started, USA Rugby um, was very gray when it came to trans. Mm-hmm. And um, the Baltimore Flamingos put, 
played a major role in trying to clear that up. Wow. And they really pushed USA Rugby because the Flamingos wanted to become a competitive team. They wanted to play in MAC. They wanted to be part of USA Rugby. Yeah. Um, and there was just this ambiguous, not really defined rule that didn't make any sense. USA Rugby was really ambivalent about, like, they about including or excluding trans yes, people, right? It was, um, it was frustrating because, you know, yeah. Because was, trans women are women and trans say, men are just, men. Um, it, like, doesn't, it doesn't, it's just, it's like, this is a whole other podcast conversation. But the thing yeah. that I really um, admire about the Flamingos so much is the all-inclusion and then the fact that they took a stand and spoke up and put into movement. You have to line, you have to um, explain this to us. We have to have, you know, guidelines in place so that everybody is welcome to play and that no one can be questioned on game day for any reason. And, um, yeah. Right. And it was uh, a real eye opener for me because, you know, I've, I've been out, you know, since I was a teenager and I have been involved in the gay community in Baltimore for a long time. And, um, I just, I am embarrassed to say, I just didn't realize the diversity that we had until I met the Flamingos. I mean, it was just such Mm -hmm. a beautiful thing to go to their games and watch them play. And just, they are just as fierce and just as strong and just as talented as any other rugby team I've ever seen play. And uh, yeah, it was just. uh, Oh, yeah. And then they are so easy and great to work with. They are amazing fundraisers. They are super involved and super Uh dedicated. And um, they really um, pushed Chesapeake uh, for us to try and keep up with them, uh, which is not really possible. But Mm. um, (laughs) we did try our best. (laughs) uh, And then we were also invited... Yeah. I mean, even it, it, yeah, it, it, it made it, you better, right? It made you, they held you accountable yes. or, and, and like I pushed you to grow. Of the greatest friends uh, from that team and um, gone to some of the greatest mm-hmm. drag shows I've ever been to. And uh, Baltimore yeah, has great, great drag. drag shows, though. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yes. so Flamingos, uh, yeah. they hold a very special place in my heart. And um, there are too many to name, so I'm just gonna say I just love them uh, so much, and I can't wait till yeah. we get back on the pitch and can see them play again. And mm. I just really enjoy them, mm. and uh, I just commend them for not even backing down in the slightest when it came to to um, inclusion of everyone and no gray areas because this is 
yeah, this is a That's big, where beautiful, happens. colorful world, and you know, everybody gets to play. Yeah, like if you're alive, you have value, mm-hmm. and you should yeah. be able to play rugby. That's it. So, yep, yeah, that's really cool. I, I like it. Also, just adds another dynamic, um, I think, to the team spirit like to the team bonding when you have like a partner team a brother team a sister team or like you know we it doesn't have to be gendered mm-hmm. but like a, a partnered team and yeah I, I've been to uh the Colorado Rush had a really cool drag contest here at one of our gay bars a few years ago and like invited all of us to or it was a lip sync oh, a, wow. lip, a lip sync battle and invited like us to also participate in mm-hmm. it and it was a riot it was so it was just so much fun and they I know they made good money on it too like I bought a hat it I mean it was yeah this I think the I think the gay community might might give the rugby community a little (laughs) run for their money with Uh, you know with like being family yeah and the intersection is just phenomenal just fucking phenomenal yeah yeah that's so cool. I'm glad you were able to do that. And like the fan, they found you and that you guys work together. Oh yeah. We practice together. together. They, yeah, they, yeah, they wanted to like, they came in locked and loaded. They were ready to go. And we did, um, we did combined <laughs> practices, indoor practices with them uh, over the winter two years ago, um, which just gave us numbers mm-hmm. and gave them, you know, a lot of insight yeah, that's on awesome. coaching and, and different uh, drills and stuff like that. And they, you know, they were just so impressed with like, uh, like the skills that Chesapeake had. And, you know, I would just turn around and be like, no, you guys, y- y- you're picking this up like so fast. It's like, this is incredible to watch, you know? And mm-hmm. so it was, uh, it's just mm-hmm. been a really uplifting and and positive um experience with them and i hope that they grow and become an even bigger part of the baltimore representation and community in general because they do a great job of it and i'm proud to have them work with our our club which you know chesapeake is the longest running women's club in the nation so Mm-hmm. Yeah, 1974, yeah. right? Yeah, I shouted yeah. that out because <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, longest." And I mean, that's something to be so proud of too. Because, like, like you said, there can be a season when you have uh, a qualifying, like a nationals qualifying team, and then everybody moves or everybody retires, and there's, um, it's just you're just, women's rugby is so susceptible to like needing to take a break or reorganizing or um, not being able to field a side. And there's a lot of spunk and spirit in Baltimore though. And I think it, I think it, uh, mm-hmm. it bleeds into the team and shows in the team. Yeah. Yeah. Like even Mudge recounted that story when you, you guys got knocked down to D3 one season and then you went and like wrecked the oh, entire yeah. D3 division it won the national title and we're like no like we deserve to be d2 we were we were we were going through through some things but like we we know our value we know our worth and yeah i 
I'm proud. I'm proud <laughs> yeah, to be Chesapeake yeah. alumni. Yeah. The, the, yeah, I am. The, and just to kind of, uh, just to kind of, you know, talk a little bit more personally about working with the Flamingos and um, some of the teammates that I have had over the years on Chesapeake. Uh, I just, um, how do I want to, I just, it opened my eyes to um, so many things that I never even would have considered if I did not know these people and I wouldn't have understood and I wouldn't respect the way that I do um, simply out of ignorance. And um, Mm -hmm. I just am so grateful that I was able to know these people and, and just build these friendships and can go out into the world and speak to, you know, that everybody deserves to have the same rights and be able to um, stand in the same space and we can, and be safe and And we can all work together. Like you're the title of this podcast is phenomenal because it just speaks to everything that is true about rugby on and off the pitch. And, and I just love that so Mm -hmm. much. And it's just, um, like you said, it's also just, we casually throw it around all the time. You know, I think your experience, like coming into that space and then again, like coming into rugby space and then again, working with the flamingos just goes to show that we can have a point of view um, that we think is inclusive and that hasn't really been in, been challenged and that we're already in marginal, like you're already in a marginalized space being queer. And um, this, this is, this runs in like playing rugby, learning rugby, but it translates into your everyday life is that like, we still mm-hmm. have things to learn. We always still have things to learn. We always have more people to come to be empathetic with, to be compassionate with and to value and as long as we continue to go on our lives and we get it just as rugby players, cause you can play 15 years, you can play 20 years of your life and you're still going to learn things. Um, as long as you go into your life saying like, I can be wrong. There are things that I can learn. There are people that I don't understand. Like it gives us opportunity to be better as individuals. And it gives us the opportunity to hold mm-hmm. systems accountable to be better too. Yeah, that I mean that you you hit the nail on the head there, Sus. I mean, it just um, yeah, it just brought me to a whole new understanding of everything that you just said, and and I I I love that. I'm so grateful for it every day because I know that because of rugby and the closeness that you have and the trust that you have to build with people that you don't even know on the pitch uh, over time Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. I've taken that into my everyday life and treat people differently than I think I would have if I, if I had never uh, found rugby. So I just think, yeah, it's just a great great experience all the way around with that. And um, so 
Yeah. Yeah, man. So I, cool. I just, right? I could, we could talk, this podcast could turn into like three hours long. So uh, I think that is a beautiful <laughs> note to leave. Yeah. <laughs> leave that on. But <clears throat> yeah, me too. Me too. Well, I guess like we've said a lot in there too that like, I wanted to talk to you about not being like leaving the game, but it's, you're not leaving, you know, yeah. you're not going to play anymore, but you're still going to have your community. You still have the Chesapeake team. You still have the flamingos like you, and you're going to carry all those values and like all those lessons that you've learned and mm-hmm. you carry them. Just like you said, you carry them into all aspects of your life and the people that you meet and, and you're able to I think share them yeah. as well with the people. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, the pandemic brought on that the (laughs) pandemic brought a lot of players that were looking at the end of their careers. I think it brought an abrupt end that nobody wanted. Um, Nobody wants to Mm -hmm. step away in the in this kind of way. And um, it's no, it's disappointing because you know, you don't get to have that last game and last social as a player. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, like for people who have played 10, 15 years, um, just to be out of circulation this long, it's kind of hard to go to step back in at the older that you get, you know, I'm 37 and I've, worked manual labor jobs the majority of my life and my body just is saying to me you know this isn't something but that aside um I look forward to becoming um you know that that person that influential person on a team that is either a huge cheerleader Mm -hmm. or uh, an assistant coach, a forwards coach, the coach. I don't know. I don't know. I, don't, I can't tell you what I'm yeah. going to do, I, but. Yeah, you would make a great coach, though, and HR yes. as well. Like, you could just start yes. teaching that some little kids. I think I'm going to try yeah. to do, and, and that's... Um, I'm going to take, uh, mm. you know, some cues from Rusty Cross and Katie Cross, and, you know, that's just a wealth of knowledge mm-hmm. that, not that you, not everybody has access to right and um access so to. Mm-hmm. it's just been uh it's been it's been a rough year for everybody and then as far as the rugby um it was just especially being so when let's like let's go back to becoming the president of the club right so I was just stepping into my career yeah. as uh, as a rugby player, and then I'm faced with uh-huh. keeping the club afloat. So it takes a lot of the charm right. out of um, the game, so to speak, because you're worried yeah. like before game day. I really had to work hard to focus on my visualizations and um, – doing everything to get ready for the game mentally and physically and also making sure that everything's in place so that we can play the field, the rest, blah, blah, you know, right. so like, so 
Uh, yeah, it it's is. It's a lot. And it's not something that it's a, it's one of those um, thankless jobs. Wait, is this where, is this <laughs> where you became yeah. the boss? Because. <laughs> yeah, this is where you became boss. Four words. So like Joanne put me in as a center. So I had this mindset of like, cause then I watched what centers do on 15s and I was like, Oh, okay. But then like, there's the forwards, right. Which is like a whole other thing. This is a completely different game. And yeah. then you have yeah. within the forwards, you have the front row and the front. Yeah. The, the front it's row so specialized. is the biggest, slowest moving cog in the machine but it's the one that gets everything started if the front row doesn't work right then it's a you foundation the ball out to the back and you can't score so you know rusty was like D- don't think about center that's never no you that's not you you are a tight head that is what you are. You control the scrum. You control the forwards. You are in control. And then that's from that mentality, I put that into the administration, administrative side of everything. And that's when everything kind of started really yeah. rolling along. And then there were definitely some bumps in the road. Cool. Um, when you, you come into like different Always. personality clashes, different opinions and, um, and stuff like that. And I really had to learn how to be diplomatic, which is not something that I'm good at, but um, it really rounded me out. It, it, yeah. Yeah. It challenged you and to grow. It's been a, a great experience and I wouldn't, I would not change it for anything. And I'm forward forever and front row forever. <laughs> so. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's so it can be so rewarding though once you get through. It's like a lot of, you know, it that translates to different challenging things you do in your life. But, um, like you said that, yeah, this is so true too. It just when everything works out right, you know, when the team shows up and they play better, and you know the the club continues running, and maybe you you end up getting you end up managing your finances well enough to like get some equipment. It's so all that work, all that work that you do as an administrator and as a leader, as a captain on the team comes back together in ways that you may not expect, but in ways that can be very fulfilling. You just don't, you just can't look for like regular gratitude or like regular, that's not the right word. Um, regular satisfaction. Uh, I'm missing the word, but like you can't expect it to come back to you at any particular time. You just have to see the little, the little bits and pieces of growth oh, yeah. that are, that are valuable. I mean, right? 100%, like you, like, like I said, it, it's a thankless position and there's, uh, you know, there, it, you're mm-hmm. not doing it by yourself. There's, you know, six other people that you're a team mm-hmm. and you get frustrated with each other and, and some people, you know, step away and you handle it from there. But, um, yeah. On game day, when, or at the end of season, I should say, when everything has, um, is winding down, it's the last social, it's the last game, and the other team comes to you and says, Chesapeake always has the best socials. 
Like that's that's what you're looking for. Yep. <laughs> you know, like like you guys are super yeah. right. You're yeah. super fun. That gives to you play joy and you're super fun to party with afterwards. And that is what we want. Like yeah. that is where we want to be because um we just want everyone to like we were t- talking about earlier. I want everybody to feel included and I want everybody to have a good time. And I want everybody yeah. everyone to enjoy this sport. And I can't tell you how many people I've told about yeah. rugby over the years and just just come out and watch it. Just come come to a game. Come to a social, you know, and mm-hmm. and um mm-hmm. people who don't play but they enjoy the game and they'll come and support us and watch us just the same. So Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're part of the family, and they're part yeah, of the family, 100%. too, you know. You're doing the work, man, <laughs> fighting the good fight, bringing people back together. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I love it. I, I love that. Okay, so <laughs> I love it. Are you ready? Are you ready for your I'm ready. closer? I'm ready. Okay. Okay. Rapid fire. We're doing rapid okay. fire. One glory moment. One glory moment is when we played Severn River and uh, it was the, you know how you play each other twice sometimes in a season? But this was the second game and you know what? I might be mushing some games together. So this is, this might be multiple glory moments. Who cares? And if Severn River tries (laughs) to correct you, you can tell them, you know, to kick rocks. I'm just telling they, they, yeah, I'm going to tell you, Chef kicks rocks, but you can come on the show. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, so we played Seven River. We won. We knocked them out of playoffs, and they couldn't practice the next week because we beat them so bad. Yeah. Oh, damn. Like somebody was, like, on their Facebook, and they're like, practice is canceled because too many people are <laughs> beat up too bad. <laughs> that's the rivalry that the rivalry that will it will never that die. will outlive us man seven river versus <laughs> chesapeake never i mean it was a thing when i was in college and then i played for both right. teams <laughs> but like it's still a thing it's going to be a thing in 25 years actually there's a lot of players that mm-hmm. have played for both teams that have moved mm-hmm. back and forth like a lot but yeah that's awesome <laughs> you like so satisfied like yeah we're <laughs> badass right <laughs> Okay, yeah, let's so, do two truths and a lie. Two truths and a lie. I have never had to shoot the boot. After our championship win in Virginia Beach, I had to sleep in a bed full of sand. And um, I have never lost a game of flip cup at a social okay well I, i'm sure that you had to sleep in a bed full of sand because that's way too specific to be wrong <laughs> like to be a lie <laughs> um so i need to choose it is and it's hilarious also like yeah i could see it so i have to choose between not losing a game of flip cup and I've the ne- first one what was the first I've one? Never had oh, you've never. I think we have never shot the boot. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) Oh, I got it! Yes! 
Yes. Wow. Well, you're lucky. I can't count all the times that I had to shoot the boot, but dude, it's, good on you. it's not even you're just a champ. Um, it's just evasion, basically. I'm just, I don't want to do that, <laughs> and I just never have. So, is that make me less of a rugby you, player? You make yourself scared, but I don't want to have like some like foot fungus in my mouth. It's just not what I want, and I'm <laughs> afraid of that. It's a fear, apparently, of mine. So. I'll take down the biggest girl on the pitch. I will lay her out, but I am not putting your shoe in my mouth. It's not happening. (laughs) Yep. That's okay. We're we're allowed to have boundaries sometimes. So. (laughs) Sometimes. Oh, that's so great. So what was the other one? Yeah. I could see you being a badass flip cup player. Plus we used to play all the time. (laughs) Oh, I know. You know what though, dude? I don't know if that's necessarily true because you know, you get, you get a little, you know, and so I don't, I might not remember if I won or lost, but. <laughs> That's okay. If it's yeah, true it's to you, like, it'll be true to the podcast. Just how I feel. But, uh. Yep. That's how you feel. <laughs> awesome. Well, this has been super fun. I'm so glad we got, Me we got too. together to do this. And like, you know, I, I hope yeah. that this just continues, man. I, I am. I'm so glad you're doing this. Yeah, send all your people. Thank you. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's been wow. It's I don't know. I'm just happier. That's great. And send all the people your my way. If they've never met me before, I want to talk to them. If I met them before, I want to talk to them. Like if they even have like one they only want to talk for 10 minutes, like I do not care. I want people to keep coming on this show. This is like mm-hmm. it's history in the mm-hmm. making right yeah, here. Man. I mean I might re-listen yeah, yeah. to, you know, I'll listen to this and then be like, oh, shit, we forgot to talk about this. And, you know, it, we, you never know. Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely right. welcome to come back on. But Definitely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being part of, of the show. It's been wonderful to talk to you. Yeah. Really great this conversation. Is, it's something like, that I needed, man, I, because we haven't had to play uh, – we haven't been able to play and it's just nice to talk about mm-hmm. the sport and people that I love. So, um, and to, and to catch up yeah. with you, of course. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and you too. So proud <laughs> of what you're you. doing over there and, uh, yeah, all, all my love and support in like your future endeavors. Um, you're soon you're <laughs> going to be coach. Jeff. One day. <laughs> Some somewhere, <laughs> yeah, is coming. So, and anybody yeah. who's interested sure. in uh, Chesapeake Women's Rugby, you can check out our Facebook and website, and uh, or you can email me personally uh, if you have any questions. And yeah, I will. I will include okay, all the cool, links in the show notes. Where everything is is touch and go right now with um, pandemic. So yeah, COVID. everything is just mm-hmm. kind of is what it is but yeah but rugby oh, will yeah. make a good comeback it's... it will it's not going anywhere you know we're all just waiting yeah. we're just waiting when for it, the right moment when it's safe again so yeah all right dude yeah. well thank you yeah. so much all right of course Thank you for tuning in to another episode of With You, a women's rugby podcast. 
If you're enjoying the show, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and help us gain some visibility. I'm really trying to reach the corners of the world with this. I want every single state represented, all the clubs. I would love it if this could be a community project. Yeah, all the stories, all the experiences. It already feels like family. You know, it's rugby. As always, if you're interested in coming on the show, sign up through the Google Form Participation Survey on my website. It's withyoupodcast.co. Or you can email me directly and I will give you the link to the form. That would be suze at withyoupodcast.co. S-U-S at withyoupodcast.co. Click subscribe to get new episode notifications the day they drop and never miss a show. Email me if you want to share your stories at suze at withyoupodcasts.co. That's S-U-S at withyoupodcasts.co. My love to you all and thanks for stopping by.